All right, glad you're with us. 81 days. Thank you, Scott Shannon. 800-941-SHAWN. You want to be a part of the program, the sense of real urgency that I have for this moment, for this country, and this this great, greatest country God gave man with the greatest system of governments ever created. Not perfect. None ever is. Man is imperfect, but has created wealth and a standard of living second to none and advanced the human condition second to none, has defended freedom second to none. I guess it's not fashionable to talk about American exceptionalism and American greatness. The economic renaissance under, under Donald Trump, his new approach to national security and defense to build up a massive defensive force that nobody on the face of this earth would ever dare mess with us, taking off the handcuffs that Biden and Obama put on our national security and our defense teams and our brave men and women is the disgrace led to the caliphate done, led to Soleimani done, led to al-Baghdadi and associates done, al-Qaeda leaders all over the globe done. Anyway, that's what's at stake in 81 days. And uh, I hope that uh, the American people understand all of this when they when you go out to I wish I had the crystal ball. I wish I knew better. I wish I could tell you what's going to happen. I cannot. Um, anyway. Hang on one second. There you go. Writing Linda. All right, so we have some other big news today. You've been saying when, 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 when. Well, the FBI lawyer expected to plead guilty. Uh, this is Kevin Kleinsmith. This just, just happened today. We had the AG bar on Hannity last night pleading guilty to false statements as it relates to the first criminal case of John Durham's review. Uh, we now know hours after the president, by the way, remember he won in 2016? Kleinsmith lamented the win and actually in a private text message, he said, I'm so stressed about what I could have done differently. Weeks later, he texted, Viva la resistance, phrase used by the anti-Trump uh, activists, actually doctored FBI evidence in an attempt to sabotage President Trump and take away Carter Page's civil liberties and constitutional rights to spy on a, well, then candidate, then transition team and deep into the presidency of Donald Trump. It looks like it's all true. After they tried to rig the election, in comes the the ever so popular struck page insurance policy. Wasn't a singular act, by the way, by a lone individual. There were others that knew. And this is treacherous, dangerous, diabolical. And frankly, it was an attempted coup to undo the election, a duly elected president. Anyway, it's the first indictment by John Durham. Hopefully more to come. Uh, we'll check in with John Solomon and Greg Jarrett later in the program. Uh, KT McFarland thinks that Christopher Ray is in trouble and James Comey is in trouble. Uh, now, this came out in the Washington Examiner. Lindsey Graham and his Senate investigations moving forward. He's pushed Ray to assist the congressional inquiry, said uh, yesterday that he's encouraged after chatting with the FBI director. I had a very good discussion with him about providing witnesses, documents to the Senate Judiciary Committee related to our Oversight of Crossfire Hurricane. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm not as patient as Senator Graham. Why the hell haven't we gotten him up to now? Why why isn't he cleaning up the world's premier law enforcement agency for the benefit of the country and the 99% of good people that serve this organization and protect this country? He says he thinks the director is now committed to being helpful. Well, time will tell. I'd like to know what happened in 2016 before we vote in 2020, wouldn't you? I think that would be fair for the American people, but... We'll get into a lot of that. Look, 
there's a total complete meltdown and freak out by the media. You know, I, I, I'm watching and I'm listening. You got, what was his name? Donnie, Donnie Deutsch. Actually, he's met him once in a restaurant. Seemed like a nice guy. They always seem nice in person. I get stared at. You know, it's like, wow, Satan just walked in the room. It's funny. Uh, anyway, I was talking to him. I think the producer of Colbert's show was in there at the same time. I don't go out very often, but I was out at this dinner. You know, I was out with, with my radio bosses and having a good time. And they took me to this place. I forget what it was. And anyway, we just sitting there talking and all these famous people come in and I'm like, oh, can I just be alone for five minutes? But anyway, he was nice. Um, but listen to what he said today. How do one in three Americans still believe this man about Corona or anything? And the answer is only one thing. One in three Americans are racist. One in three Americans are terrified mm. that this country by the year 2040 is not going to be majority white. That the black man or the or the brown man or the or the yellow man or woman are going to come and take their jobs and, and take away their suburbs and scale them. And it's no coincidence. Yesterday, Trump brought up Kamala Harris and the whole birther thing. That is the only explanation because you can't even point to the economy anymore. That is it. That one in three Americans are racist still in this country. I mean, it is now like a cult like you know, lobotomized zombie mob in the media. They, they're one voice, one think, one thought, one speak. And it's, it's deep, you know, cultish, psychotic rage at this point. Poor Mika Brzezinski. And it's very revealing what she says. And, and Joe had written a column in the Washington Post. I kind of just shrug all these things off at this point. I just don't care. Um, you know, none dare call it treason for now. I mean, if you'd support Donald Trump, really? Uh, Mika now calling out diehard Trump supporters. How stupid can you be? Listen to what she said. I'm thinking of Tulsa, where the Trump campaign took the social distancing stickers off the chairs and squished people together and made them click on a waiver saying you can't sue if you get the coronavirus and die from coming to this rally. How stupid can you be? At this point, if you follow this president, I beg you not to be for your life. Okay. We're dumb, smelly Walmart shoppers and Trump supporters. Irredeemable deplorables. You know, the 15% that Joe Biden says they're just incorrigible. Do we really think this is as good as we can be as a nation? I don't think the vast majority of people think that. There are probably anywhere from 10 to 15% of the people out there that are just not very good people. But that's not who we are. We're not good people. We're bitter people that cling to God, guilty. Our Second Amendment rights, guilty. Bibles, guilty. Religion, guilty. Smelly Walmart shopper, me, guilty. I like Walmart. By the way, Walmart, Costco, Target, deep discounts on live free or die. I love it. I love saving money. I really do. Amazon, 40% off. You haven't gotten your copy and they deliver it right away. I saw in the Daily Caller today the uh, headline, Media Rushes to Police Any Criticism of Kamala. And, uh, you know, there's uh, already, right wing is already hurling racist fire at Kamala Harris from the abhorrent claims that she isn't African American to reliving the Brett Kavanaugh hearings. Well, that, that would be her record. She was wrong on um, what she did to Justice Kavanaugh. Um, and there was no presumption of innocence there was i mean there was no due diligence even 
and it got so insane. Didn't matter that he had young girls that were hearing all of these allegations. All turned out to be false. Julie Swetnick and Avenatti took the cake in that one. And, and you know, our criticism of Kamala Harris or Joe Biden, nothing to do with personality. Nothing at all. Has to do with their policies. And hate to tell you this, but is a, you know, we now have out there a government watchdog group that tracks voting re- records of Congress. They've named Kamala Harris as the Senate's most liberal member. Rating compiled by GovTrack, an organization that tracks U.S. lawmakers' voting records, touts itself as one of the oldest government transparency websites in the world. Our unique ideology analysis assigns a score to members of Congress according to their legislative behavior by how similar the pattern of bills and resolutions they co-sponsor are to other members of Congress, the group says on its website. Marsha Blackburn comes in at number one most conservative. 1.0 rating. Harris comes in number 100 with a 0.0 rating. Website said Bernie Sanders, Bolshevik Bernie, was the second most liberal. Kirsten Gillibrand, the third most liberal. Senator Jeff uh, Merkley, whoever the hell he is, fourth. And the website also said Harris was the third most absent uh, in votes compared to all senators. Missing 61.9% of votes in 2019. Whoopsie daisy. That would be your job. I guess you don't feel like working. You know, it's all on the line. Everything here is on the ballot. This is what I keep trying. This urgency that I have is real. And I would like if we're going to have the 2020 election that we at least know what really happened in the 2016 election. But we're now getting the first bite at this with the Kleinsmith plea uh, in, in the Durham investigation. I'd like that, you know, especially under these circumstances where Joe and Kamala are hiding in a basement bunker and not answering any questions. And the media seems perfectly fine with that. I think in 140 or 50 days, Joe's done two press conferences that seem strange and bizarre. Oh, now I will go to Tom. Tom, where are you, Tom? Hi, Tom. I mean, it's bizarre. Trump's out there answering hundreds of questions a week and putting up with the crap of the mob and the media. Uh, By the way, the military, the Pentagon has now rejected Democratic plans to remove Trump by military force. This was in the Epic Times. You believe that the Pentagon spokesman told reporters that they we have a constitution, our constitution, all members of the military have sworn an oath to, provides no role for the U.S. military as arbiter of political or election disputes. Good grief. That's where they want to take the country. Now Hillary says she's ready to serve in the Biden administration, along with Susan Rice. I don't think that's particularly good news. Um, I saw Maxine Waters' comments. She's so excited over uh, Kamala uh, Harris becoming president. Sounds like she doesn't even realize Joe's with us. You know, she said that, you know, I want to tell you a lot of people are thinking not only is Kamala Harris competent, capable, Joe Biden picked the right person. We love her ambition. So this may be the next president of the United States. And the American people will be ready for it because she would have shown who she is. She would have defined herself in ways... Well, did she define herself rushing to judgment in the in the Ferguson case and Officer Wilson? Did she define herself with Kavanaugh, the most liberal record in the Senate? The fact that executive fiat, she thinks she has the right to take away Second Amendment rights, that there'll be no choice for for health care, Medicare for all. Green New Deal co-sponsor in the Senate. 
That is the most radical record of anybody. It's just a record. Just their stated positions. If implemented, what do I say? It'll destroy the greatest economy God has ever given man. It's all at stake. Law, order, border security, amnesty, uh, border walls you know, versus, you know, the United Sanctuary States of America, energy independence or energy dependence, all on the ballot. Higher taxes, lower taxes, more, more bureaucracy, less bureaucracy on the ballot. Judicial picks on the ballot. Foreign policy peace through strength that will drop another $150 billion in cash and other currency on the tarmac of mullahs that chant death to America and get nothing for it. It's the most radical, extreme, their stated positions on all of these issues. The new Green Deal, $94 trillion. Medicare for all, $52 trillion. Well, you don't need an MIT or Harvard degree to do the math that that's impossible. False promises. My whole chapter in Live Free or Die about socialism and its history of failure. That's what they're offering. All right, just 81 days. You are the ultimate jury. I'm going to explain this all in detail up to the news at the bottom of the hour. I I just, you know, I I find this, these amazing times in which we live and I find that the truth is missing. I've never seen anything like this. You know, you talk about an Orwellian nightmare. It's like up is down, down is up. You know, uh, purple is green, green is red. And, and I mean, it's just topsy-turvy. It's insanity. You think of the lying, the mob that they had to do for all the years, and we now know no Trump-Russia collusion at all. They ignore real obstruction with Hillary, the emails, real Russia, disinformation, the dossier she bought and paid for, real corruption, abuse of power by people that tried to rig a presidential election and when failed, tried to undo that election. All the evidence is there. They're willing, they're warned not to to use the dirty Russian dossier so many times before even the first one. Premeditated fraud on a FISA court. Why? To take away one American civil liberties and rights, Carter Page. Does anyone care about that in the Democratic Party or the media? Because they act like it never happened. They don't even talk about it. They, they push their Russia collusion hoax, Ukrainian hoax, ignoring Hillary's dirty dossier, Russian disinformation. And then they used it to spy on a presidential candidate. And they had an insurance policy to try to take him down. And then in when they were warned beforehand, they ignored it. The subsource for Christopher Steele, when he told his story to the FBI, they ignored that too. This country was dragged through hell, and they don't care about the truth. Are they ever going to correct the record, apologize? No. It's not in them. You think they hate all things Donald Trump? Yep. They hate all things the people that support Donald Trump? Yep, that's true too. And that's why, you know, if we're going to have ultimate revenge, you have a shot. It's never easy for a Republican. But in 81 days, maybe 82, depending, hopefully not longer than that, we can now project is going to be said about one of these candidates. And you know what else we can project? What? A happy birthday. Oh, that's right. Whose birthday again? It's Wilson's birthday. He's one today. One years old. Yes. One year old. That's a happy thing to go to commercial on. Happy, happy. Quick break. Happy I'll explain. Birthday. Break it all down next this Friday. Stay with us. All right. Live free or die. America and the world on the brink. Um, 
You know, somebody asked me today, one of my close friends, oh, you got to be happy. Number one, the first two weeks released. And I said, yeah, I'm happy. I said, I'm not that. I, I said, that's not what matters the most here. I said, what matters the most here is what, what we hear either 81 or 82 days from now. And that is the, what comes after we can now project. That's what matters to me. Because when you really think about it, it's you, you look at the danger, right? You know, the subtitle of the book, live, the Latin phrase, live free or America dies. America and the world on the brink. Now, I've talked about tipping points ele- elections in the past. I've talked about choice elections. I've talked about, you know, this is this is going to define this country for years to come, which is always true, but not to this extent. If the stated policies of Joe Biden Kamala Harris of of Bolshevik Bernie, their economic czar of AOC, their new Green Deal czar, of Beto Bozo, their gun czar. Kamala, by the way, would get rid of some guns as she chooses by executive fiat, maybe not even recognizing that there was a Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals ruling that will be widely cited in, in days, years to come, hopefully. And that is, yeah, you can't limit limit the number of, of bullets in a clip. That is huge in terms of if you, if you believe in your Second Amendment rights. And, you know, every single issue you can ma- name is, is all on the line. They, the, you know, the idea that they are going to pledge everything is free. Everything. This is the new Green Deal. Biden trillions of dollars. Kamala the sponsor in the Senate, co-sponsor of the new Green Deal in the Senate. And your government is now telling you that if you trust them and elect them and and Biden, the ever so forgetful one, becomes the 46th president of the United States, he's telling you what his stated policies are. He's telling you where he stands on law and order. Kamala, Kamala is she's happy with defunding the LAPD. She said so comparing ICE agents to to Nazis, as she has done. Joe Biden, the police, now they become the enemy. Said that too. And also a defund the police person, although now he's saying, trying to walk it back. You know, Bolshevik Bernie? Yeah, well, I don't have his supporters. I think a sign of weakness. Let me shore them up and adopt Bernie's economic plan and even plagiarize a lot of the agenda, which he did. AOC, trillions of taxpayer dollars. Everything's going to be free, though. You're going to get free education, pre-K through college, and loan forgiveness. That's guaranteed under the Green New Deal. You're, you're also going to get guaranteed government job with a guaranteed government wage. Wow. There's no pressure. There's no stress in life whatsoever. Everything's free. Gar- government guaranteed vacation. Government guaranteed healthy food. Guaranteed leave. Guaranteed uh, government health care. You're going to get guaranteed government retirement. It's all going to be amazing utopia. These are unfulfillable promises. Kamala, uh, Medicare for all. Great, $52 trillion. Good luck with that. Green New Deal, $94 trillion. They're committing trillions of dollars. Simultaneously, they are you know, saying we're going to be off fossil fuels uh, in 10 years. That's the lifeblood of the world's economy. Did somebody invent something, a new form of of energy that I didn't hear about? Because as soon as you put that into play, we're going to retrofit every building in the in the country, every home. 
to meet these incredible Green New Deal standards. You know, we're not going to use steel or glass in, in tall buildings like in New York. Well, you're never going to build another big building in New York. It's never going to happen. And New York, by the way, yeah, about 14,000 people say bye-bye to New York City. That's only the beginning. No law, no order. And all of this is free. But you know and I know that they're not going to be able to fulfill any of this. Just list, just look look at what their track record is. Let's go to, if you want to know what Biden, Kamala's America is going to look like with Schumer, Pelosi, and AOC, and Bolshevik, Bernie, and Beto Bozo, you need not look any fast, any further than New York City and state, Chicago, Illinois, Seattle, Washington, Portland, Oregon, Los Angeles, California, San Francisco, California, because that's what's coming. And what does that mean? Okay, everything that I've told you. First of all, what's the number one role of any local government? Isn't it safety and security of their citizens, their homes, their property, their businesses? How are they doing on law and order in these big cities run by liberal Democrats for decades? You, you tell me their promise is to keep you safe. Are they keeping you safe? Doesn't look like it to me. How are they doing on the education of our children? The attorney general last night just literally said the the institutional failure i'm paraphrasing in cities with our school system is it, that's institutional racism it is disproportionately negatively impacted minorities in this country for far too long why there's an unholy alliance isn't there between the democratic party and the teachers unions you know, you, you have to you have to try really hard to fail on the level New York City's failing at and Chicago's failing at Baltimore, 13 public high schools, third highest per capita spending per student in, in the industrialized world. That one city, 13 public high schools, not a single child proficient in math, not one. Very few reading. We're failing our national treasure, our children. We're failing, you know, the promise that is America. We are literally doors are shutting as they fall behind from first grade on, even before. We're better than this. We know how to do it. There are plenty of public school districts that do it and do it right with great success. Now, we, you know, I think the best way to bypass this, if states don't meet certain standards, they don't get federal grants, and that money then should be reallocated towards online education that every child from, from pre-kindergarten all the way through high school they will get a curriculum available to them. Maybe you can partner with Apple and Microsoft and make com computers available at the lowest possible cost for every child, every family. That would be great. You know, I'm just, I'm, I'm looking at all of these things and I'm like, everybody's got to wake up here. I don't see a sense of urgency. Maybe it's because 62% of Trump supporters, the Cato Institute is right, that they're not going to tell anybody who they support or who they don't support. But I just want you to know something that is so pivotal here, and it's really simple. The, these stated policies will fail. They will fail spectacularly. If they're not keeping their fundamental responsibilities now in, in blue, you know, Democratic-run cities and states, they're failing on simple law and order and safety and security. If they're failing on the education of our children, our national treasure, uh, okay, you believe in Obamacare? How did that work out? Keep your doctor, keep your plan, and save money. The average family of four, family is going to save over $2,500 per family per year. Those were the talking points. 
reiterated time and time and time again. Didn't work out, did it? Because millions of Americans lost their doctors. Millions of Americans lost their plans. Millions of Americans, yes, as a matter of fact, on average, all of us are paying 200% more. And almost 40% of this country has but one Biden-Obamacare exchange option. So they fail with safety, security, they fail in education, they fail with the Obamacare lofty promises. How's Social Security and Medicare working out? What happened to the lockbox where our Social Security money was supposed to be preserved? Yeah, they raided it. They spent it. They squandered it. Politicians, both parties did it. It's gone. They're both headed to bankruptcy. It's just a matter of when. And what's going to happen is then they'll means test it. And then they'll raise the eligibility age till about a day before we all, on average, are expected to die. So you'll pay in your whole life and pretty much... They'll legalize stealing every penny that they promised you'd get in your retirement, especially younger people. I'll probably just skirt on by. And even then, once they means test it, I'll be out. I'll have paid all this money all these years and get nothing because they'll legalize stealing. Just like, what do you think an inheritance tax is? The death tax. You pay taxes all your life and you save some money. You want to give it to charity, want to give it to your family, want to give it to whoever. Now, they, now you pay another tax. They take another 40% federally in New York. They take another 10%. So then they, they retax your money that you'd already paid taxes on once or twice or maybe three times, depending on capital gains, whatever. It's that corrupt. On law and order, defund the police versus law and order. That's on the ballot. Higher taxes, lower taxes. That is on the ballot in 81 days. More bureaucracy or ending burdensome bureaucracy. That's on the ballot in 81 days. Energy independence, the world's largest producer of energy, that goes away if you invite in and elect Joe and Kamala. Donald Trump made us energy independent for the first time in 75 years. We are now the number one producer of energy in the world. High-paying career jobs for millions of Americans are on the line here. Fracking, gone, done, finished. Good luck, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Michigan, other states, Wisconsin. Good luck with that. It's not going to end well for you. These promises are, are promises they can't fulfill. Open borders, amnesty, United Sanctuary States of America, that, that's Joe and Kamala. Donald Trump believes in law, order, and securing our borders. Better trade deals? Puh. Biden, Obama didn't. Give us better trade deals, did they? Donald Trump did. And he wasn't the protectionist, as I told you, he would not be. You want peace through strength? You know, ending the caliphate? Trump did it. Barack and Joe didn't. Soleimani, al-Baghdadi and associates, al-Qaeda leader in Yemen, yeah. While also keeping the promise to get out of foreign entanglements for, you know, unlimited periods of time. Building up our military or gutting our military? That's, that's on the ballot in 81 days. This urgency I have is real. It's not about being number one with the book. It's about America remaining number one. Now it's bigger than us. Freedom, Reagan said, is but one generation away from extinction. I don't want it to be happening under our watch. All the, all the blood and sweat and tears, the financial burden, the cost that America's paid for the greatest system of governance God ever gave man. That's why where capitalism 
risk, reward, innovation, invention. We have advanced the world human condition. No, we're not perfect, but we always strive to be a more perfect union. We've come a long way, we have a long way to go, and we can do it. But believing these lies and these promises and that somehow government is going to take care of every need you ever had and take all the stress away. Maybe that's appealing psychologically. Polls show young people, and I cite this in Live Free or Die. You know, the, the, the draw, the appeal of, of this sounds, well, put everything in a big pot. Whatever name it was given throughout history, whatever form of, or, or manifestation it's taken on, socialism has failed and spectacularly failed. The promises are never fulfilled. I don't care if it's the revolution in China. I don't care if it's Stalin and Russia and Marx and Lenin and communism against, you know, the evil rich people and we'll take their money and the working class will get ahead. No, that didn't work out well, did it? Once the world's largest producer of wheat, they needed to come crawling to America to eat. People waited online hours for bare necessities, toilet paper, bread, milk, if you could even find it. Then the satellite states of the former Soviet Union. They didn't do well either. Hungary, Bulgaria, Czechoslovakia, Yugoslavia, Poland, you name it. And I'm just saying right now, we're 81 days away. If you haven't gotten your copy, I hope you will consider it because I lay it out in more detail than I can ever express in this program. It's in bookstores everywhere. Live free or die. Thank you for making it number one. But the bigger issue is let's make America number one and keep America number one. That's on the ballot, too, in 81 days. It's in Costco's, Barnes & Noble, Target, Walmart. Heavily discounted. It's 40% off on Amazon. Don't buy two copies. Just read it quick and share it with a friend. Maybe they'll learn something. Maybe a liberal friend, maybe a liberal relative. They don't burn it. Carter Page, who's been on the receiving end of all this, the foundation to believe he was a foreign agent comes from a dossier that we'll talk about in a minute. And that dossier provided by Christopher Steele, and we'll talk about him in a minute, they claim that Carter Page meets with three people known to be Russians, Russian agents, people associated with Russia. Carter Page, while being wiretapped by his government, says, I don't know two of these people, and to this day, there's no proof that he ever met two of those three. The third person, he says, yeah, I met him. I told the CIA about my meeting because I was a source for the CIA. So they would have you believe that Carter Page is working against our government, not with our government. So Carter Page in the summer of 2017 is trying to tell anybody and everybody, I was working with the CIA, I reported my contact with this person, and nobody believed him. The CIA had told the FBI it was true earlier, but it never made it through the system. Somebody got so rattled at the FBI, they asked Mr. Kleinsmith to check it out. He checks it out. He communicates with the CIA. Is Carter Page a source for you? In an email exchange, they say, yes, he is. What does Mr. Kleinsmith do? He alters the email to say, no, he's not. And you caught him. I don't know how you caught him because you got to dig into this email chain.
Wow. Hour two, Sean Hannity Show, 800-941-SEAN. If you want to be a part of this extravaganza, uh, pretty blockbuster developments. The uh, attorney general was on Hannity last night, says there is a development in the Durham probe. It would be announced today, and the investigation will not be dictated by the election. And he commented on two of the aspects of the Durham probe and a probe and this development that we have today. And the tactics of the other side is to use the justice uh, system as a political weapon. How many times have I said we're criminalizing political differences? But the reality is, is what we now know today is everything we've told you, everything the mob never told you. Uh, part of an incredible ensemble cast, radio and TV, that have been working tirelessly for three and a half years now to get to the bottom of what is the biggest abuse of power, corruption, scandal in history. Now, maybe the mob and the media, they'll probably ignore it, but you have a FBI lawyer, an FBI lawyer, Kevin Kleinsmith. You've heard his name many times on this show, pleading guilty to making a false statement in the first criminal case arising from John Durham, the U.S. attorney's review of the investigation between Russia and the 2016 Trump campaign. Campaign. He was referred for potential prosecution by the inspector general's office. By the way, side note, so was Comey and so was McCabe and others. And specifically, the IG accused Kleinsmith, not by name in, in that report, of altering the email about former Trump campaign advisor Carter Page to say that he was not a source for another government agency. And Page has said uh, he was a source. And by the way, Mueller knew it. They all knew it. And they all lied about it for the CIA. In other words, he was on our team. He was putting his life at risk and come, he kept telling us that he'd come back and he'd be debriefed by all these three-letter agencies. And uh, they knew everything that he was involved in. And the DOJ then relied on the false uh, assertion and submitted the, th the third and final renewal application of course, you know, taking away Carter Page's constitutional rights, his civil liberties, but more nefariously, they used that to backdoor to first buy on the Trump campaign, then transition team, then, as, as A.G. Barris said, deep into the Trump presidency. All of it occurred. And we know now that the subsource had already confirmed to everybody that the Clinton bought and paid for Russian disinformation dossier in January of 2017. They knew beyond any doubt that it was... Bar talk, garbage, nonsense, and not true. But yet they continued to sign warrant after warrant that says verified at the top. Hence, my statement stands. Premeditated fraud on the FISA court, and that's only the beginning. Uh, Fox News uh, legal analyst Greg Jarrett, author of two best-selling books, The Russia Hoax and Witch Hunt. John Solomon, Fox News contributor, editor-in-chief of JustTheNews.com. Uh, welcome both of you back to the program. Uh, before we get to the legal side, John, let's get to the news side. Uh, you have been predicting there might be something before Labor Day, but you expect a lot of activity after Labor Day. This is just the first uh, salvo? Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, it's a significant salvo because it's the first criminal accountability of anyone that worked on the Russia collusion delusion. Kevin Kleinsmith was charged knowingly and willfully altering a document to hide Carter Page's thing. Now, let's not blow this out of proportion. This was like a one-foot putt for Tiger Woods. This thing has been out there for nine months. Everybody knew he did it, but it is the first step for John Durham. <clears throat> the, the criminal information document is void of any detail. Was there anyone else involved? But it has one explosive revelation in the middle of it. In the middle of it, it states that uh, while this uh, no-phone-willing violation occurred in June of 17, before the final FISA, the third renewal, the fourth FISA, earlier, before the first FISA, the FBI was told by the CIA that 
Uh, Carter Page was an operational contact for the CIA, which means all four FISA should have had that information in it. That's a little seed, a little nugget that John Durham dropped into this indictment to suggest that there was more wrongdoing than just Kevin Klein. Okay, so that's a good nugget. Let's talk about the legal aspects, uh, because other people, as far as I'm concerned, are implicated even more deeply here. Greg Jarrett. Yeah, I, I only disagree about one thing that my friend John said. This wasn't a one-foot putt for Tiger. It was a tap-in. Uh, I mean, you know, when you take a, a, a CIA memo and you literally change the wording of it uh, to make it uh, inculpatory instead of exculpatory, uh, that is not a benign mistake, as Kleinsmith lawyer is now claiming. Uh, that's that's just laughable. No, that was intentional. It was willful. It was deliberate. Uh, Kleinsmith uh, learned that uh, Carter Page, you know, was an asset for CIA. Had been for years, dating back to uh, 2013, uh, even before, I believe. And and yet, not he scrupulously hid that information and changed it dramatically. So Kleinsmith is a guy who belongs behind bars. Uh, and in fact, he should lose his license to practice law. Um, you know, he's the kind of guy who gives lawyers a bad name, like Michael Avenatti. But in terms of other people, what what's also interesting as I read this indictment, I have it here in front of me, is that James Comey knew directly from Carter Page before the first FISA warrant was signed that Page had been working for, for the U.S. government, giving them information about Russia. How do I know that? Uh, because Carter Page gave me a copy of his letter to James Comey in the fall of 2016, before Comey signed off on the first FISA warrant. Did Comey not read that letter? Did others at the FBI not see that letter? That should have been included in the FBI uh, FISA warrant application. So, you know, I think James Comey has a lot to answer for. I said before, he ought to... Well, McCabe now is in legal jeopardy. Paul Sperry had a good piece and thoughts on that today. I mean, McCabe is now in big trouble. Uh, Comey has to be in big trouble. I don't see how Comey escapes this. Do you? I I don't either. I mean, look, Comey has repeatedly uh, lied to Congress, the American people. He certainly lied to President Trump. Um, And when caught in his lies, he suddenly feigns amnesia. Um, That's not going to cut it with a guy like John Durham. And your take, let's go back to you, John Solomon. Uh, I think this now makes things very, very tense for all the other people that were referred uh, for investigation uh, in the IG report. Uh, And certainly now this ties directly into Comey and the subsource information ties to Comey and also Sally Yates and Rod Rosenstein and Buentes and everyone else that signed off on these FISA applications swearing it's verified the subsource debunking all of that, but then the Bruce Orr and the Kathleen Cavillac warning before the first FISA application and the confirmation by Yates and the confirmation by McCabe that without the dirty Russian disinformation dossier that Hillary paid for, there wouldn't be any FISA warrants. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think Greg has it right. You know, this, is, this is what's happened. It was the beginning of it. There is one important thing to remember. When someone pleads like this, they're now cooperating in the investigation. What could Kevin Kleinsmith 
uh, tell the FBI about the bigger, larger conspiracy if there was one. Well, he had a lot of contact, I'm sure, with Lisa Page in the counsel's office. He certainly had a lot of contact with the lead agents in the case. Here's something very important that people forget about Kleinsmith. We focused on the uh, the role he played in, the, in altering this document, but he also is the guy involved early on in August 16 in signing off on the idea they're going to plant an agent to spy on Trump and Flynn at their very first counterintelligence briefing. He shows up in those documents as well. So now that Durham has this guy convicted, plea deal, he can debrief him, and now he can learn from him anything else he witnessed in the continuum that was the Russia case. And I think that's the, the importance here. We got some accountability, but what Kevin Kleinsmith knows about other things may be more important. And I think that's, that's why today is the first step in a long process. And as we continue with John Solomon and Greg Jarrett, um, and is your timetable the same, John, in terms of after Labor Day? You think that we get a flurry of activity? Like, for example, we we have no evidence that a grand jury has been convened. By the way, the the inspector general couldn't do that, but but John Durham, in fact, can. Yeah, listen, uh, that's the thing to watch for, right, is are we at a point now with cooperating witnesses and other things that this moves forward to a a grand jury, charging other people, putting other people, uh, getting target notifications, telling them they're in trouble? That's what we should watch play out over the next week. I was told we would see something just before uh, Labor Day. I think that's Klein-Smith. Something after Labor Day, that could be a report. It could be another indictment. I think we're going to see one more revelation. I I think that Attorney General Barr said last night, we would know generally what the storyline was before Election Day. And I think that that's what I would expect to watch, something after Labor Day that gives us some inclination of what's going on. Okay, so Greg Jarrett, now let's look at the big picture and let's look at what we already know. What's overwhelming evidence, incontrovertible evidence? To me, it's a slam dunk based on what is already in the public record. Do you not see the same thing? Yeah, I do. I I think that there should be uh, more indictments beyond Kleinsmith. And I I find it very interesting that uh, the uh, Durham team of investigators has interviewed James Baker, former general counsel for the FBI, uh, a guy who was intimately involved, not just in the FISA warrant application process, which he said, by the way, he reviewed scrupulously. Well, I mean, if he did, why didn't he notice the 17 lies, omissions, errors, misrepresentations? It's actually well, 17, but subsections, it's about 50, what, 5, 56? Yeah, something like that. You'll find it in the appendix. It's all laid out, all the lies. Um, and it's more than 50. So uh, I find that interesting that Baker's been interviewed probably at least twice. I find it interesting that uh, John Brennan, the former uh, CIA director under Obama, is is apparently on the hot seat and was begging to see some of his uh, uh, emails and documents and so forth to prepare himself. So I think he's, uh, you know, in, at the center of attention. Did the CIA outsource intelligence uh, gathering to foreign countries? Did uh, uh, John Brennan also, um, you know, lie about what went into the intelligence assessment? So, you know, there are a variety of people here who I think are in serious legal jeopardy. Uh, Amazing times we're living in. What about Strzok and Page? Your thoughts on them? Where do they end up in all of this, Greg? Well, Peter, Peter Strzok's a notorious liar. Um, and, you know, he was fired for his uh, inappropriate behavior at the FBI. I mean, think about what Strzok was doing. Uh, he was uh, communicating to his lover, Lisa Page, all these uh, I hate Trump text messages. At the same time, he and Page were tasked with investigating 
the guy that he hated. Um, you know, whether or not that uh, wrongdoing uh, translates into felony uh, criminal violations, uh, I don't know, but you can bet that Durham does. Yeah. And, John, if you had to guess, I mean, you know, really, if we're going to take this to its ultimate conclusion, we would go back to 18 U.S.C. 793 and the deleted emails and bleach bit and hammers. If there was real justice, uh, we would dig deeper into the January 5th Oval Office meeting with uh, Obama and Rice and and Comey and Biden and the rest of them and all their comments there. Um, I'm not suspecting that they're going there. No, in fact, today an appeals court just exempted Hillary Clinton from having to sit for a deposition with Judicial Watch, so Hillary Clinton continues to get a pass. Here's the thing I would say. Some of these people that are doing interviews right now, that is a sign that their lawyers don't think that they're in criminal jeopardy. James Baker, John Brennan, no good lawyer would let them do an interview if they thought they were about to be indicted. I've said from the beginning, I don't think there's going to be a lot of indictments or people looking for a lot of accountability. They may not get it from John Durham. I see today as a very surgically targeted action, and I really question how much more we're going to get from Durham. I will say this. Keep an eye on two other prosecutors, because there are two other Durhams out there. One's named Jensen. He's looking at Flynn. The other's named Bash. He's looking at unmasking. We may see accountability there. I'm not sure how much more we're going to see from Durham, given the fact that many of these people are giving interviews. No defense lawyer would allow them to give an interview if they thought they were in imminent jeopardy. All right. Thank you both for being with us. We'll take a quick break. Uh, Don't forget, Live Free or Die, now available in bookstores all across the country, Costco's, Barnes & Noble, Walmart, Target, and, uh, and, you know, all stores. Uh, And by the way, heavily discounted. Today, Amazon.com, again, 40% off. If you haven't got your copy, quick break. Right back. We'll continue. All right, this sense of urgency I feel is real. I keep saying it. It's hard for Republicans to win. What do you got to do? You got to win Florida. That's always tough. Hold Georgia, hold North Carolina. Tough. Not easy. No president makes it to the White House without, no Republican wins without the Buckeye State of Ohio. By the way, uh, Kamala and Joe, no fracking Ohio. Same with Pennsylvania. You got to hold Arizona. Very important, Iowa, got to hold, must hold. Then you start putting what states in play. Pennsylvania, I mentioned. Wisconsin, Michigan, Minnesota in play. President said that he would put New York in play. Why not New York? What have you got to lose? I mean, it's a disaster. Unmitigated disaster in your city, in your state. Unbelievable. Donald Trump would love to help because he loves New York. I don't know why. He moved out smartly, but... Makes no sense to be there. And then you got to fight. And uh, wants to fight for New Jersey. I think New Jersey should be in play, too. Why not? I'd like to see Nevada in play. I'd like to see New Mexico in play. I'd like to see New Hampshire in play. And I always mention the 2nd Congressional District in Maine. They, they actually delineate out via Congressional District in Maine. That one electoral college vote can mean the difference between 269 and 270. You can run the math. It's true. What do I always say? You know, when you start out without California, Illinois, New York, New Jersey, it's an uphill climb without Washington, without Oregon. Man, it's tough. You got to run the table and you got to hold all the red states. We're not forgetting about them either. Not taking any of it for granted. Just imagine football analogy that Linda will never understand. And that is that it's a two minute drill. You have no timeouts. You're on your own 20. You got to drive down the field. 80 yards, cross the plane, cross the plane, and then kick the extra point to win. 
Yeah, yes, yeah, ma'am. plain Jane. What? Why are we using analogies that I don't understand? Because if I don't understand it, there's a lot of people that don't understand it. Can we use something else? Okay, to be honest, this probably you're like in a category of point zero 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 one percent. I highly doubt that. Uh, no, no, no. You're, you're. Listen, my daughter never had any interest in football. Now she's interested in football. She understands I actually football. Really like, she likes football. I, okay. Let me make just a point She was of never clarity. interested in football like you. I used to say, now, did you just see that home run? Wow. Yes, Daddy. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was funny. Well, I used to do, but she me, then got it. Yeah, go ahead. I don't really understand the game. It's basically like a lot of men in very tight clothing. A lot of them show their stomachs. I'm not really oh sure what that's gosh. about. Then they crash oh into each other. Then they fall. And then after they fall, they get back up. They run. They crash into each other. They fall again. And it's just this for like many hours. Are you not now, mesmerized by the amazing talent? Now, think about this. What talent are we talking about? Okay, I mean, let's I, say, they, have, let's they say, kick very far and they throw okay, very far. Let's say that it's a 50-yard pass. Yeah, I don't know Over the shoulder where mm-hmm. the defender, the, the, the safety would literally, it just barely gets over the fingertips of the safety into the cradled arms of the receiver who then takes it into the end zone to cross. uh, No, that is, that is talent and art and athleticism at the highest level. Let me tell you. And to thread that needle is, is beauty. It's art and emotion. It is. That's the, that's the thrill of victory, the agony of defeat. What are you missing here? So a lot, clearly, because I have no idea what any of that is. But what I will tell you is that I love the structure that sports provides to many, many people. I love the camaraderie. I love the teamwork and the team building that it provides. I love the spinach dips and the hoagies and all that good stuff. Like, it's fun. Like, it's really fun. Like, I love all of that part of sports. But like the actual sitting and watching a game, like I just don't know what's happening. I, I, I really don't. But I love that people are excited to be together and to do it. And I think it brings families together. And I love that. Listen, I, I just can't believe that you don't know the basics. It, it is it is mind numbing to me where the well, rest you know, of the world. I'm very good at other things. I don't need you know, to know that. Look, at, I said the other day, I know the and Herschel Walker had some good comments about it. I won't go into it now, but I love Herschel. You know, it like when I watched the Drew Brees controversy and he talked about his family that served and with honor my my dad fought four years in the pacific he watched he watched friends die um in world war ii and others that got severe injuries in world war ii and you think that you know you know and the, and the flag was still there you know we well what are we land of the free home of the brave and we're not perfect but there's no perfect people there's no perfect country i would love the idea of athletes Separate from the sports, because, you know, you know, I love MMA, you know, I love hockey, you know, I love football. I'm, I love I'm, hockey. It's OK. It's a great escape. But, you know, politics and sports, I'd rather it be done separate and apart, but in a really spectacular, huge way. Mm-hmm. In other words, I'd love to see athletes use the the esteem that they have built because of their great gifts and talent and and help end the violence in, in, in this country and mm-hmm. help you know, express to younger kids that so look up to them the importance of a need for an education. I would love to to work with them. I would love to donate to them um, to help resolve some of the issues so we can be a more perfect union. Mm-hmm. And I just think there is a, a better way to do it and achieve the goals that I think we all would share, which is that every child grow up in a, a place that's safe and secure 
and get a quality education second to none. Because God, again, natural rights, and I talk about this in Live Free or Die, you know, our declaration, our natural rights come from God, and that goes into my, my Latin, the few words I remember, educare, to bring forth from within. That's God's talent within us. Education brings it out of them, that which is already there. And in America, when you live free, you whatever that talent is, you produce goods and services others want, need, and desire, and in exchange, you get paid, and when you get paid and you make money, then you get to pay the guy that's servicing you by building your house and doing the plumbing and electric electrical work. Um, and then you also get to you know pay the for dinner when you go out to the grocery store or restaurant, and that keeps other Americans working, and and it just it it keeps everybody honest. Now it doesn't assure you know endowed by our creator by the way joe not the thing you know the thing but god the creator of everything life liberty and the pursuit of happiness you can't pursue happiness if you're not safe secure and don't have a good education you're shut out and we've allowed this failure to go on for far too long especially in cities run by liberal democrats for decades and and governors run the states run by liberal democrats for decades and the sad thing is you see this mass exodus out of new york and california and illinois and guess what? Then they go into red states. I don't care where they move. We're the United States of America. Don't bring the policies from the state you just left that was in ruins to the states that have done things differently and balanced their budgets, have funded their pensions, have taken care of business, keep people safe and secure. Don't don't bring your liberal policies and ruin the next state because then there won't be any red states. So that that's what I feel is on the line in 81 days. You know me and know me what you how long have you been working with me? I've known you for too long. I've worked for you for too long. So I know you 14, well. 15 years you've worked on the show, right? I have, yes. Okay. You ever see me this urgent? No. 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 This is not. Says it's all on the line. Yeah, I mean, it's nice that my friends like, write me nice notes. Congratulations. Congratulations. Okay. I, I, I am thankful. I really am with all my heart. But I really want the win in 81 days. The biggest, you know, you think about the greatest revenge play after all the mob, the deep state, the media mob, the Democrats have dragged this country through hell because of their cult-like psychosis of rage against all things Donald Trump and we smelly Walmart Trump supporters and, and shoppers. And I'm thinking the greatest revenge could be when they have to choke on these words, we can now project that Donald J. Trump has been reelected the 45th president of the United States. Let him choke on it because they will choke. Somebody says to me, you know, well, what are you going to do if Biden and Kamala win? Um, well, I don't want to go there, to be very honest, although right. it's difficult. I'm, I'm acting as though it's we're, we're six down, we're on our own 20, no timeouts, two minutes to go. That's the level of urgency I have. Got to march down that field, Linda. You got you to gotta cross the plane and get that extra point to win, because that's what it's like for any Republican to win the Electoral College. Let me tell you what my analogy is. Are you ready? Oh, boy. Are we going to talk about, like, uh, what are you interested in? Go ahead, in? Guess. <laughs> I'm going to bite my tongue like Biden. Go ahead. Good for you. So, no, Biden's not biting his tongue. Biden can't even remember what he was going to say next. That's very different. But so what I consider a sense of urgency is when your child is in your, the back seat and you're on a long highway and there's no rest stops and he's like, I got to go to the bathroom real bad. That's where I feel like the urgency is. That's right an urgency now. too. That you know, when I was like, I get older, it but becomes see, that's more relatable. Urgent. That's it's relatable. No code. Well, so there. is it very direct. Okay, okay. Let me ask our team, oh, Jason God. and Ethan, guys. You can't ask any how of those relatable. People. They're all super what percentage? Sports. 
What Smart. percentage of the population understands my analogy, crossing the plane, kicking the extra point? Uh, I would say probably 60. I don't think as many what? people. Not, not everybody. No and I'm the biggest sports fan on the staff. Not everybody watches football. Okay. I, I disagree. I think it's probably closer to 90 because everyone in the South, everyone in the South. 99% wants, college yeah. football. Listen, even people that don't like football, when they go to college, they love football. Because it's like yeah, I the think because they, they bet on it. Well, well, now they're betting on it more and more. I wish I could bet on the election. I mean, I can legally. I don't think there's any legal prohibition. But you know, then people will say Hannity bet on the election, and he bet that Donald Trump would win, and um, and he probably skewed his coverage to do so. So I'm not. I'm just not even going to allow myself to go there because I. I don't even know what the odds are. I think the odds are probably pretty good, but I'm not urging other people to bet. Don't they have legal betting now everywhere? I don't. I don't bet. I don't ever do it. But I'm just. I, not I everywhere. see that you've got DraftKings and what's the other big one? Uh, you got FanDuel. a couple of yeah, FanDuel. Uh, I mean, you can bet on anything, but you can. Can you legally bet on the elections? Is that? I think you can, right? I don't know about Jersey. I'm pretty sure that in Vegas anything goes. Yeah. And no, I'm not going to put a penny down. And by the way, I've never put down a bet on anything like that. I've only gambled when I'm like, oh, I have. I've actually won two Super Bowl pools with friends. How do you win a Super Bowl pool when you don't even know what it means to cross the plane? What does it mean to cross? Do you know what it means to cross the plane? I have literally no idea. My hands are cold. No idea. But how many points you get for a touchdown? How many points you get for a touchdown? Five or six. Five or six. And how many points do you get for the, the extra point? Well, you just said extra point, so is it one? Yeah, I was going to see if you caught that. All right, what about oh. a field goal? Four, five, I don't know. <laughs> Gosh. How many points do you get for a, a goal in hockey? You get a point. How many How many runs do you get for a home run in baseball? Oh, I really don't know baseball, dude. That's like a whole other... Well, I take know. a guess. What's your guess? If you hit a home run, what do you get? Well, there's three bases, right? Right. Then you got that in-between shortstop thing. All Does depends. that count for a point, too? Okay, three bases. Just, just and stop you when you're ahead, plate. Linda. Just stop. Just stop. <laughs> yeah, okay, so, so go ahead. So what do you think it is? What's the number? I don't know. I mean, I guess if you round each base, you get a point, It's right? way back. It's going, going, going. It's, it's out of here. Oh, so it's based on distance? How many? Well, is it? I'm asking. I don't know. I don't, That's the question. I don't know. I went See to my ya. first baseball. I went to my first baseball game about two years ago. So okay, and th- let me guess, you're busy giving Liam cotton candy, hot dogs, cracker jacks. Of, yeah, it was water ice and hot dogs. I didn't, know, I didn't even know which teams were playing. I had no idea. My son was—I forget how old he was when he got hit with a line drive by uh, Guerrera. Oh my gosh! Yeah, he was, was young. Went right crazy, down. Man. Oh my god! Remember Scary. that? Scary. Wow. Oh. <laughs> yeah, in like the second inning. Oh my god! Great. Took my breath away. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I mean, and it scared, and even the crowd. I heard a collective gasp. I reached, mm-hmm. but I just missed it because I was I was talking to somebody next to me. I see this out of the corner of my eye. I threw my hand up, but it was too late. I hit him right below the eye socket. I mean, it could have been really dangerous, and it was flying. Um, and I will tell you, it was at Yankee Stadium, and the Yankees were phenomenal. Within seconds, they have a team descend upon you. Seconds, and you know they. They take it out of the place. The guy that actually got the foul ball gave it to my son. That was really cool. Um, they put you in a room. and We took him just to get checked at the hospital. But then, you know, who would you like on the Yankees to sign you a brand new ball? He picked Derek Jeter. It was, and it all comes. I mean, they were very, very nice about it. We even had a ball by, uh, what's his name? Vladimir Guerrero. 
Remember him? Didn't he play yeah. for the Angels? It's crazy. So uh, uh, Jason? Yeah. Yeah, it was when he played for the Angels. He was, what a great player he was. He's even signed a ball. They didn't know it was me. Nobody has any clue who I am anyway. Uh, anyway, that's, that's urgency. That's how I feel. All right, glad you're with us. News Roundup Information Overload Hour. Uh, ha- live free or die America and the world on the brink. In Latin, live free or America dies. You are the ultimate jury. Started this over a year ago. And because I knew this moment was coming, but I didn't know it was going to be this insane, this radical, this extreme. This is now everything is on the line. Biggest choice election in our history. It's 81 days. Please, we have the electoral map on Hannity.com. Please look at it. Are you registered? Can, how do you get registered? What's the deadline for registration? What about absentee voting? What is the deadline for that? How do you get an absentee ballot? Uh, early voting. When does your state have early voting? Um, who's running, who's running for Congress. If you're going to vote for Trump, don't send in, you know, Nancy Pelosi's, uh, minions to fight against them and impeach him again. And anyway, we have live free or die America in the world on the brink 40% off of today. Uh, and I think all weekend on amazon.com Costco's and Barnes and Noble and Walmart and target all these great stores. I can't thank them enough and thank all of you enough to making it number one, the number one book in the country, two weeks in a row. Uh, we're very honored, but the number one that matters is in 81 days. Keep this country, the principles that made us great, in place. Um, one of the things, there's two things that I think we need to have happen before a single vote is cast. One, I would like that every single American have the opportunity to see Donald Trump debate Joe Biden. Now, Joe Biden, I want to put my cognitive abilities and my physical and my mental capability and physical what's the word again what's the word again fitness fitness that's it somebody said uh somebody sent me something that one of these liberal hate hannity groups put out there that i was making fun of him stuttering i'm not no i'm not the guy can't he's not stuttering that is not stuttering no he doesn't know what the word is there's a brain search exactly it is called the brain actually one phrase you could use like a brain fart and it just is, they're constant, they're never ending. And that's, you know, the ever corrupt, confused, confounded Biden, which raises the questions that liberals had no problem asking about Ronald Reagan in 1984. Uh, anyway, um, we are, I'd like to know, I'd like the Americans to see a debate before, what, 16 states start early voting before the first debate on September the 29th. Well, I'd like Americans to also have the opportunity Uh, to know what happened in 2016 in terms of the abuse of power and corruption. Now we know beyond any doubt whatsoever that they had full confirmation from the subsource of Christopher Steele that, in fact, that the dirty Clinton bought and paid for Russian disinformation dossier was phony. But yet they used it. They were warned before the first FISA application, the second FISA application, in January uh, early in January 2017, they knew from the subsource it was all garbage, but they used it anyway. And then they lied all over the place, including lying to Congress. Well, what happens when you lie to Congress? If you're a conservative, if you're Paul Manafort, or if you're Roger Stone, and you're connected to Donald Trump, you get 29 guys in tactical gear, frogmen, and fake news CNN cameras for pre-dawn raids with guns in your face. But that's not what's happened so far to those that we know that have been referred for criminal investigation, including Comey, McCabe, Strzok, and Page, among others. Anyway, what has Christopher Ray done? 
We're going to get to our friend KT McFarlane in just a minute saying that Director Ray and James Comey are in big trouble. Why hasn't he cleaned up his FBI, the premier law enforcement agency in the world, and the 99% of agents and those that work there that deserve their reputations from being tarred by the actions of 1%? Here's what he said. As far as you know, based on the findings in the Inspector General report, is the FBI, was it part of some deep state? Well, I think that's the kind of label that is a disservice to the 37,000 men and women who work at the FBI who I think tackle their jobs with, uh, with professionalism, with rigor, with objectivity, and with courage. Um, so that's not a term I would ever use to describe our workforce, and I think it's an affront to them. Having said that, having said that, there are a number of things in this report uh, that, in my view, fall well short of the standard of conduct and performance that we and that I expect of all our employees. And we're going to be taking a number of corrective steps uh, to address that. Okay, it doesn't seem like he's done anything and nobody has gone out of their way more than me to talk about the 99 percent of brave men and women in our intelligence community and our FBI that put their lives on the line, protect us, and they are the best of the best. Anyway, KT McFarland is with us now, a friend of the program, former Trump Deputy National Security Advisor, author of the bestseller Revolution, Trump Washington and We the People. Now, she's been watching all of this very, very closely. You know, in the terms of Joe DeGeneva, the dirty cops, the 1%, that have gotten away so far with all of these actions. And uh, she's now said and on record saying, I think Christopher Ray is in big trouble for three things. And she's here to tell us why. One is, uh, you write, uh, KT, by the way, great to have you back, that he either knew what was going on in the FBI and uncovered it and he kept it covered up, or that he didn't want to know and he just sort of said, oh, I don't want to know, don't tell me, or he's just totally incompetent. Which is it? It could be any one of those things. You know, I, I remember, Sean, I was struck a couple of years ago and somebody asked Ray about the people who would abuse power in the FBI. And he said, well, those people are no longer working at the FBI and we've taken steps. We've uh, changed the regulations. We're not going to have this stuff happen again. But if you look at now all the documents that have come out, a lot of which were originally at the FBI in handwritten notes by FBI senior officials. Well, these were the people and, you know, maybe they were just a couple of bad apples, but they were a couple of bad apples at the very top of the FBI. And so why did Christopher Ray sit on these documents for three years? And I can only come to those three conclusions. Either he knew what was there and he covered it up, not that he himself had participated, but that he covered up the wrongdoings of his predecessors. Or number two, he just said, oh, I don't really want to know. Don't let me know. I don't want to look here. Or number three, he's just incompetent. And I don't see how it's anything other than one of those three. Listen, we saw what happened. Now, we've had referrals as it relates to Comey, McCabe, and and the Inspector General's report. But here's what we now know. We know that, you know, what, 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 did, what did Bruce Orr warn Comey and the FBI in August of 2016? Number one, Steele had a political agenda that the dirty dossier, now even the New York Times refers to it as likely Russian disinformation from the get-go. Hillary paid for it, and they kept all of that from the court. Kathleen Kavlak, about a week to 10 days before the first FISA warrant was signed, saying, no, this guy Steele has a political agenda. Be careful. And yet they signed a document a FISA application that says verified. As a result of that, they took away Carter Page's constitutional rights 
civil liberties to backdoor and spy on a campaign, that of Donald Trump. Then they spied on his transition team, and then they spied deep into his presidency. Now, interestingly, when Comey signed the first FISA warrant and Sally Yates assigned him and Buente signed it and uh, Rod Rosenstein even signed the last one, the fourth warrant, the third renewal warrant, um, Comey testified that the well, first he denied that the bulk of information was, in fact, the basis of the FISA application, meaning the dirty dossier. Uh, and yet. Now we know from McCabe and Yates and everybody else that without that dossier, there would be no FISA warrant. So Comey lied there. Comey testifies that it's verified, but then goes to see Donald Trump and Trump Tower, that infamous meeting where he tells Trump, well, there's this dossier out there and it's salacious and unverified. The opposite of what he told the FISA court. So he's just a big fat liar himself. You know, I was um, in, at Trump Tower when J James Comey came and he and the other intelligence chiefs met with then, you know, President-elect Trump and Pence and the senior staff. I was in the meeting. And after the meeting, um, Comey sort of motioned to President-elect Trump and he said, I have I've that other issue I want to talk to you about. And that's when he revealed to him this fake dossier, the Steele dossier, including the sort of weird, lurid, sexual things. And he he didn't tell Trump, oh, this is a lie, or I know it's a lie. He presented it as if the problem was that the press was going to get it. Now, I think what Comey was doing in that meeting with President Trump, I wasn't in it, it was just the two of them, but I think he was basically trying to blackmail him because he said, we have this dossier, the press is really interested in it, and long pregnant pause, you know, we can release it or we can pretend it never happened. And I think that's when Comey was trying to guarantee that Trump would keep him on. Because none of this stuff even presented a big problem until after Comey was fired. And then the Russia investigation, the Mueller investigation, the Russia hoax, then it became public. So I think you know, either Comey had gone rogue, as the um, two former attorney generals had said, um, or... He was part of it. They were all part of it. And they're they're fingering Comey to be the fall guy. Now, you had your own experience in all of this. And my understanding is from my sources that you were encouraged to lie. Is that true? Well, they never said it in those words, Sean. But well, explain who we're talking point. about and what the circumstances okay, so this are. Is, this is a Mueller investigation. These were the FBI agents and the lawyers who were investigating me. And they met with me for 30 or 40 hours. And there were one subpoena after another. And I finally turned to my lawyer and said, there's another subpoena. What could they pot? I've already told them everything I know. There's nothing left here. And my lawyer said, well, they have a certain narrative of events. And you're not, you're not following along with that narrative. At which point I then turned to my husband and say, oh, gosh, I'll just, what do they want me to say? I'll just say it to get done with it so we don't go bankrupt, so we don't have to spend the rest of our lives defending me. And my husband said, no, no, you've you really got to tell the truth. And the impression I got was that if I followed their narrative, which was that General Flynn had violated the Logan Act, that General Flynn had done something wrong, that President Trump was told me to be the conduit to General Flynn to do something wrong with the Russian ambassador, maybe then it would all go away. But you, know, you don't know. It's just the implication and the feeling that they just keep coming back and back and back even though there's no there there. And that's the upsetting thing is that they knew there was no there there. They knew it from the very beginning, but yet they pursued it and they persisted. And it wasn't about General Flynn. It wasn't about me. It was always about trying to get Donald Trump. Well, I, I mean, that's an amazing thing because that's what exactly what Roger Stone told us. And that if Roger Stone, all of it could have gone away if he went along with their narrative. Now, 
This to me is a very corrupting thing, but it's a it's it's a usual practice among prosecutors, and that is that. Well, you know, all you have to do is tell us, you know, what's going on here, and you know what, we'll give you a get out of jail free card. It's the what I call the Sammy the Bull Gravano deal. Remember, this is a guy involved in nineteen plus murders. He didn't spend any time in jail. He got the witness protection program because he flipped and he testified against John Gotti. Now, the fact that prosecutors can offer something of such great value, one's freedom in exchange uh, for testimony that says exactly what they want to get somebody else, that kind of taints their testimony to me, but that, that is usual prosecutorial practice. Yeah, but Sean, that's when you're going after mobsters or terrorists or, or you know, mass murderers. That's not when you're going after your political opposition. We've given these people enormous powers, and we, res- we hope and we intend and anticipate that they will be responsible with them. But we now have increasing amounts of evidence in their own hands, in their own handwriting, in their own text messages, and their own emails that they were abusing power. Every week there's yet another document that's released where it's somebody from the FBI or somebody from the Justice Department. And so I think the evidence is pretty overwhelming. Um, I just hope that John Durham does mm-hmm. come to some conclusions soon because if he doesn't, it could well be buried so deep in the bowels of the of the bureaucracy that archaeologists will never find it a thousand years from now. Well, we have enough evidence, as far as I'm concerned, overwhelming and incontrovertible. And I want to talk. I want to talk about what you think of Comey and Ray and what should happen and what will happen. More with KT McFarlane on the other side. All right, as we continue, KT McFarlane is with us. And by the way, her new book is out. Uh, If you want to get it, it's up on Hannity.com. Revolution. It's called Trump, Washington, and We the People. So what happens to Ray and Comey? Because I don't see Director Ray has a desire to get to the bottom of this like you do. And I think James Comey so arrogantly has been out there, you know, cashing in left and right. Does he get away with all that I believe he's, he's guilty of? Well, I'm not a lawyer, and I can't speak to the specific charges or not, but I would think it's incumbent on the FBI Director Ray to clean the joint out. I mean, Americans have lost confidence in what... As Why you hasn't he? Why has he not shown the urgency that he should show? I have no idea. It's an old Washington thing where if there's a problem in the agency, you want to protect the agency. And so you always have to throw a lot of blue smoke and mirrors, sand in the gears, and say, well, we've gotten rid of a couple of bad apples, we'll change the rules, it's never going to happen again. But this was a pretty serious attempt and plot and coup to take down the President of the United States. And that just that means the man that we, the American people, elected, he has the right to be president. He should not have to be subject to an internal cabal of people who are trying to trick and prosecute him and push him out of office. It was a coup attempt in the United States. All right, KT McFarlane, thank you. All right, live free or die, America and the world on the brink, on sale now, bookstores everywhere, including Costco, Walmart, uh, Book Barnes & Noble, uh, let's see, Target, you name it, it's it's pretty much everywhere. Thank goodness they printed enough books. Um, thank you for making it number one, but the real number one matters in 81 days where you are the ultimate jury. I love the fact that they discounted it all. Amazon.com, 40% off, and they ship it right out, which is awesome. We're making arrangements now to make more signed copies available, too. Some of you have said, hey, there's not enough signed copies. Well, we're doing more. I'm getting them done. I'll get them done this weekend, and uh, glad to get them out as soon as we possibly can. Uh, We have other events we're going to be doing next week. We'll put it all up on Hannity.com also. 
And uh, anyway, 800-941-SEAN is our number. You want to be a part of the program. Let me play. You want to hear extremism? You want to know what I'm talking about? That This is the most radical, extreme socialist ticket in the history of this country. Let's, let's listen to Joe, the forgetful one, and Kamala. Listen. Guess what? If you elect me, I'm not going to have you. Your taxes are going to be raised, not cut, if, you're, if you benefit from that. We're going to have a breathtaking opportunity to create good-paying union jobs. Deliver the promise of America to Americans who've been denied it for much too long. To rewrite our economy so the prosperity flows not just to CEOs. Would there be any place for fossil fuels, including coal and fracking, in a Biden administration? No, it would be, we, would, we would work it out. We would make sure it's eliminated and no more subsidies for either one of those. Either any fossil fuel. We're going to have an opportunity, I believe, in the next round here to use the my uh, green economy, my my green deal or uh, to be able to generate both economic growth and consistent with the kind of infusion of monies we need into the system to keep it going. Three consecutive American presidents have enjoyed stints of explosive economic growth due to a boom in oil and natural gas production as president. Would you be willing to sacrifice some of that growth, even knowing potentially that it could displace thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of blue collar workers in the interest of transitioning to that greener economy? The answer is yes. I would hold ICE agents accountable if, in fact, they stepped over my executive orders, which is no arrest of anyone outside of the school. So how do you no. change the culture? You change the culture by saying you're going to get fired. You're fired. I think that anyone who is in a situation where they're in need of health care, regardless of whether they're documented or undocumented, we have an obligation to see that they're cared for. That's why I think we need more clinics around the country. How exactly would you detain immigrants, if at all, in a Biden administration? The way we did when we reformed the system with the DACA, I would not retain them behind bars. Climate change is an existential threat to us and we have got to deal with the reality of it. Why I support the Green New Deal is because it does that. It puts timelines in effect. It appreciates that we need to take this seriously and the clock is ticking every day on this issue and every day we fail to act will be to our collective consequence. We have got to have smart gun safety laws in this country and we've got to stop buying this false choice. You can be in favor of the Second Amendment and also understand that there is no reason in a civil society that we have assault weapons around communities that can kill babies and police officers. I will give the United States Congress 100 days to get their act together and have the courage to pass reasonable gun safety laws. And if they fail to do it, then I will take executive action. Do you believe that Americans should have the right to vote at age 16? I'm really interested in having that conversation. And I believe that if they had greater political power, maybe we would get our act together a little bit better than we've been doing. And maybe that's one of the steps toward it. But people who are in, convicted in prison, like the Boston Marathon bomber, on death row, people who are convicted of sexual assault, they should be able to vote? I think we should have that conversation. All right, to our busy phones we go. Let us say hi to Kurt in Nevada. Kurt, hi. How are you? Glad you called, sir. Hi, Mr. Hannity. You're a great patriot. I've just got three quick uh, comments to make to you. One, you're always telling America to don't let your heart be troubled. I want to put your heart to ease. I travel all the way from Montana to New Mexico 
all over the West Coast, and all I see, and I'd be bold enough to say, is thousands of Trump banners, flags, bumper stickers. I probably have only seen four Joe Bidens. The second, wow. Second uh, uh, by the way, are you a trucker? Comment. Are you an over-the-road guy? That's, yes, sir. That's correct. Yes, sir. By the way, and, thank uh, you for what you second, do. Well, you, let me tell you, your job is hard. God bless you. Thank you. And we'd God be lost. You, Without truckers, guess what? We have nothing in our stores. Nothing to eat, nothing to wear, nothing. Thank you for what you do. Sure, I agree with you. You're, you're very welcome, and thank you for, for saying that. I do feel appreciated when you make that comment. The second is Joe Biden making that uh, what I would be also bold enough to say I thought was a punk remark when he said that the uh, – you know, it's not about your rights. It's about this mask mandate. Uh, America, and if you're listening right now, you better let that burn in real good. Because anybody who's a politician that says something like that, that's a dangerous person. And my last comment, which is about uh, the silent vote that you're concerned about with the American patriots. A lot, I just talked to a truck driver about three, four days ago. And he told me that a lot of these boys are putting American flags on their vehicles and stuff because they don't want Antifa and all these other uh, crazy left-wingers destroying their vehicles. And it's kind of a code that American flag is a symbol that they support Trump. And so hopefully, hopefully that uh, puts people a little bit at ease why... You're seeing so many American flags flying lately. Listen, I am telling you, I, I feel everything you're feeling. Anecdotally, I can make the case why Donald Trump is going to win, too. I can tell you that I've never seen such a passion, uh, and there is no passion for Joe and, and Kamala. I don't see any. And, you know, to, to watch I saw these. one. I'm sorry. Excuse me. No, yeah, go ahead, sir. You saw one what? Well, I was just going to add real quick. I saw one. Joe Biden in Medford, Oregon, and I've seen a couple bumper stickers around. But uh, if you think about how I would, like I said, be as bold to say thousands of Trump bumper stickers, flags, banners, you name it. And I've only seen a couple of the Biden posters anywhere. So I know that you feel troubled. Or at least I get that sense from you and listening to you on the radio. And you're a great patriot. I have so much respect for you and what you do for the country. And I don't want you to feel troubled. I think there's a lot of energy out there. And as a truck driver, I get to see it firsthand. So I wanted to share I love that. I love your observations. I love what you do for a living. You know, I know you're not going to believe me, but there are days I wish I was alone in a truck for 12 hours driving. Um, because, uh, you know, this, this job has its moments. I'll tell you that in terms of stress level, et cetera. But, um, honestly, I'm very grateful for all that I have in, in life. And I'll tell you what it's really about more than anything else for me. The son of poor grandparents, the son of two poor parents that grew up very poor. My mom, South Bronx, my dad, bed you know, they work prison guard, mom, 16 hour shifts. I've told this story before my dad, family court probation, and uh, also waiter on weekends, and they didn't have much. And they worked hard to give me, my sisters, a better life, paid for a private school, which they really couldn't afford, but they did it. They worked to kill themselves to do it. And I just want to leave this country better than we find it. 
I think we're capable of it. And I, I just see something I've never seen before, a real cult hatred of all things Donald Trump. And with that hatred, it's not just Donald Trump, it's us. They hate we, the people. And they are lying to everybody. They've lied for three years about Russia, Ukraine, all of it. They lied. We know they lied. They lied repeatedly. They don't care. For them, the ends justifies the means. Their stated policies will destroy the greatest wealth-producing nation on earth, and it will do it very quickly. I'll never stop fighting till my dying breath. I can't control the outcome. I don't have a crystal ball. Um, I'm, I have to have faith in the American people. We've, we've had elections where we won and lost in my career, ones that I think we could have won in 2012, and we lost it. And I would hate to think that America would reverse course at a time when we've broken every shattered, every record on unemployment and have moved forward with our defenses and have become energy independent and the world's number one producer of energy. It would be such a, a sad and unnecessary setback and the consequences will be profound for future generations. And that's how I feel about it. So my, I guess worry is maybe the wrong word. I'm not a big worrier in life. At some point, I always, when I'm worrying, I just say, all right, I can't handle this. God, it's, this is your job. So it's, you know, it's really the job of, of we the people together. That's why I say all hands on deck. And guess what, Kurt? We need your hand. And thank you for all you do every day, sir. God bless you. Thank you very much, Sean. Thank you, my friend. God bless you. Uh, Don in Iowa. We need Iowa in 81 days. What's up, Don? How are you? Hi, Sean. Thank you for taking my call. I appreciate you more every day and cannot Thank understand you. how you took the time to write a book. Uh, I've been watching and listening to you for years. And before I say anything else, I want to congratulate Donald Trump on his uh, peace agreement between Israel and the United Arab Emirates. Immense. Jared Kushner must have had a whole bunch to do with that, so congratulations to them. Well, they, listen, I thought it was amazing. And, I, you know, it's funny because Joe Biden tried to take credit for it. I'm like, well, in a roundabout way, they get credit because their stupidity on the mishandling of Iran and trying to bribe the mullahs with $150 billion in cash and other currency, oh, it forged an alliance that would have been unthinkable uh, before, and that is Israel, UAE, the Saudis, the Egyptians, the Jordanians, and I think this is just the beginning of a, a new era. And isn't it interesting that it's Donald J. Trump that got that done, not Joe and not Barack. And appeasement doesn't work. And guess what? That's on the ballot, Don, in 81 days. That's, that's right. That's exceptional. And, and that's up to off topic. What I called for was the same as your last truck driver uh, caller, because I'm an over-the-road truck driver. And I just came up from... Uh, uh, Texas, Laredo, and all the way through Louisiana and up through the middle here. And everywhere I went, I saw pickup trucks with Trump flags on it. Uh, and, and while I was on hold waiting to talk to you, I saw a Harley Davidson in the midst of this storm we've had out here in the Midwest that took, out, took over trees and wiped out all of our lights. I saw a Harley Davidson drive, riding down the road with a Trump flag on the back of it. Uh, I see Trump flags, Trump stickers, Trump yard signs everywhere I look. I have seen, and I got your, your last guy beat by two, I have only seen two Joe Biden uh, stickers ever uh, on any cars. And, uh, and, and again, I drive everywhere. Well, I love that. Anecdotally, it makes me feel good. There's no doubt the passion is only in one direction. 
is the passion in Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Florida, North Carolina, Georgia. That's going to be, we're going to determine it. I can make the case why Trump is going to win. I don't think he's lost any of his support from 2016, and I think he's gained support. That's what I believe. Without a doubt, because he's got me, he's got my 81-year-old mother in California. And if people think that they want uh, a Kamala Harris for president, look at California, and that's all you need to know that you do not. Because California, the most beautiful country, the be- most beautiful state in this country, may be rivaled by Florida. I love both of those states. Um, it, it, it's just been destroyed by Kamala Harris and her ilk out there. They, they tax you to death and they want to t- take illegal aliens and keep putting them ahead of their own citizens. And that's what will yeah. happen with Kamala Harris. Don, I, 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 all I can do, and thank you for a good call, and you've given me, you know, um, I just, I want to see it. I just, I'm, I'm just, I'm Irish. You always have this sense of, all right, what's the next bomb that's going to blow up over my head? Um, and, you know, it just is what it is. And I, I, you have to understand that you can't control everything in life. And that's actually humbling. And I, uh, I wish I knew the outcome. I wish I had a crystal ball. I don't think anybody does. I think the Democrats are scared to death. I'm not scared to death. I'm concerned. Very high level of concern. I see the, the I, I know with how this will end if we make a mistake. And that's what I don't want to see happen. All right, that's going to wrap things up for today. Don't forget, uh, live free or die, America and the world on the brink. Live free or America dies in Latin. Bookstores everywhere. By the way, heavily discounted at Costco's and Walmart and Target and Barnes and & Noble. And very quick delivery at Amazon.com. 40% off, which I love. I'm a smelly Walmart Trump supporter. Shopper. Uh, anyway, have a great weekend. We'll see you back here on Monday. When we get back on Monday, guess what? 78 days till you are the ultimate jury. We're, it is going fast. Rest up. Buckle up. It's going to be an emotional roller coaster. We'll see you Monday. Have a great weekend.